0: Come to sticks and taps. where the conversation is hockey, and the keg is always cold. The games are really on soon, so let's step up to the bar, grab a pint, and get into it. Your host, Paul Cuthbert, and Liam McGuire. Slanta, fellas, and don't forget to pay your tabs. Oh, BJS, thank you so much, there, Seamus. Seamus, as always, for the uh, the introduction. Shamus, listen to me, I'm already in, about three, four <laughs> pints in already there, Liam. Welcome to Sticks and Taps, everybody. <laughs> Thursday, March 5th, oh, your slurred speech at the pub is always welcome. Not a bother there. Well, you were stick- out with
1: me last night, were you, buddy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> welcome to Sticks and Taps, everybody. Weekly show with yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and everybody, please say hello to my good buddy up in the Great White North, Mr. Liam McGuire. Liam, how do you do, fella? How is she going? How is she going? Uh, as, you,
1: as you can see, <laughs>
0: sloppy. <laughs> it's going sloppy, buddy.
1: <laughs> All good, pal. All good, man. All good. Oh, All good. watch that Flyer Capital game last night? I was a do- bit of a doozy. I've, I've actually had enough of the Flyers after two
0: back-to-back <laughs> losses with the Rangers down here in New York. Uh, so, uh, hey, give them respect, man. Uh, is, the, is, it, is it okay to say Stanley Cup with the Flyers these days there,
1: pal? Well, I'll tell you, we you know, we got some other things. Uh, I, I'm, as you know, I'm heading to Philly next week uh, for five days to do a, a couple of big events with the Flyer alumni and a repeat of last year's uh, Friday Night Fight Night, which was so successful as a fundraiser, and they're they're running it again, and I'm, I'm so uh, honored to have been asked to be part of it. And what a time to go down! They've won seven in a row, but you look at that game last night. I mean, whoa, g'day! And and the Caps have have. I mean, you know what, Paulie? Really, since like December and whatnot, they've they've kind of been an up and down team. I mean, everything's kind of been every, there's, there's been so much focus on Ovi that and and they've been in first place really in the division, which is a hell of a tough division as we know. But they've really kind of flown under the radar of the fact that they've had stretches or or or, or games, I guess more so games, where they haven't looked very good. Like last night, late in the second, they went they were I tracked a shot count. There were like 10, 11 shots on net late in the second. They went over five in the power play. They're now three for the last 25. It's like if Ovi doesn't score, they took a 1-0 lead, too. But man, that flyer D. Holy lifting. They they um they played really well last night. Uh, it 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 really is. And it's by committee. You know, I mean, um Proveroff is their is their horse. And then Sanheim and uh, Niskanen. and Niskanen's been been solid for a number of years in the NHL, but I love that D. And then they got the tower back there, Myers, who's like a skyscraper. And uh and Braun, uh, you know, and and Hag are their are their fifth and sixth D. They are solid. They are solid. And I, I mean Brian Elliott's kicking out BBs last night. I mean what the hell? And I know the he ended up with going too, the Kid's good too, man. Yeah the kid no, kid's good too. Yeah, He is, he is. And they've had nothing but goaltending problems for, for as we know for decades. So so it's uh I uh maybe a little early be talking Stanley Cup I mean I think obviously in the east the road goes through Boston that's just the end of the story I mean it it starts and stops with them but uh but I enjoyed that game last night you know why it was a lot of hitting they uh credited with 53 there was really probably over 60 I mean the Flyers were leading by example in that regard and uh it just it was a good game Ovi finished minus two on the night he still played over 20 lots of power play time just couldn't um you know, they as I said. Uh, I mean, he there was ten minutes of power play time. He played nine minutes and ten seconds of it. It's <laughs> crazy. You believe that unbelievable. He nine ten of ten minutes of power play time. I'd put him out there too. Who wouldn't? The guy's a horse. So I wonder. Don't you wonder sometimes when you're when you're when you're uh, you're you're watching teams play and and they've got these superstars in the league and they pull they pull a the guy off. You know, they oh, got to make a change. Been a minute. Get the other guys out there. I don't know man, you got a horse or two. Let him play the two minutes. If you're controlling, it's one thing if you got to go back for four or five clears, well then change up. But man, if you're uh, controlling and you've just and you've just had the one clear to deal with and you're right back in with possession, then hang on to it. Leave the guy out there. They do. Seems to work okay for them. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's let's be honest, Russian players are that way typically anyway, right? They grew up with lots of ice, they're used to lots of ice, they love lots of ice. And, and they seem to be able, in large quantities, to be able to uh, to play with lots of ice, especially, you know, the last uh, 10, 12 years or so, the guys that have come from there in the NHL have really, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. i going to go back to all days, so 4 5 type thing. That's already 15, 16 years. But uh, anyway, that was a hell of a game. I that was the only one I watched last night. I saw highlights of the rest. But uh, that was uh, that was a hell of a game. Down at the pub, having a few pints there in St. Patrick's Month. And uh, and really enjoying uh, really enjoying the hockey here. So there, these are all playoff games right now, Paulie. Don't you think? I mean, oh, they have yeah. that feel, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean it's it's been great. I mean, since you know the trading deadline's been over, everybody's firing all cylinders here. It's been. Uh it's been great hockey. Every team has got its own kind of story. Uh, at least the ones that are uh, close in contention, and it's it's uh, you know it's it's tight here on the uh, Atlantic side, obviously with the Metro teams, and and uh, you know Florida kind of bouncing around a little bit at the bottom too. I mean, <clears throat> and then on the West, it's just getting even tighter too, as, as you look at the bottom oh, there yeah. too as the wild card. So, um, it's 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 look, it's, this is a great time to be a hockey fan. Obviously, if you're invested in terms of the, the whole league, and if your team is anywhere has a sniff uh of, of either getting in or or has a spot i mean you're you're definitely just kind of just enjoying every bit of it right now and uh yeah I, I love it man it's been good uh you know as a ranger fan down here it's struggling a little bit you know coming out it but again they're playing with house yeah. money young kids uh it's all good here but uh you know you look at teams like the islanders here and and even pittsburgh there uh liam you know uh just what they, they lost six in a row before beating the Sens the other night right
1: yeah, lost six in a row. Crosby scored one goal, and he was minus eight in those Ooh. six games. And then they uh, they they played Ottawa, and that you know, I mean, they ended up running away with the score seven three. But it really wasn't indicative of the game. That game with Ottawa, Ottawa hangs around, man. They they do, and they're they're about to maybe possibly create hockey history here in this draft. I mean, if the Islanders slide out of the race, Ottawa's got their pick as well. Next thing you know, they're in the uh, in the draft lottery. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, this whole thing could get really crazy. But it, but. But, Polly, in Ottawa's case, it's not so much on the ice because they're dictated, obviously, as all teams are, by what happens off the ice. Yeah, let's get into it, man. Oh, my God almighty. Okay, listen. Let me read this to you, okay? I'm listening. Check this out. This is in... Oh, I didn't write down. I I believe this is in the last... 4 years, okay? Here's who's been fired or or let go or or they left on their own, okay? CEOs, leader, serial leader, the, one of the founding fathers of the franchise. His replacement, Tom Anselmi. And then yesterday, Mr. Little, all CEOs in the last 4 years In some way, shape, or form gone, including the dismissal, the abrupt, unbelievable dismissal of Mr. Little yesterday after 54 days. Additionally, additionally, they had a COO, a chief operating officer, Ruskowski, gone. Additionally, chief financial officers, CFOs, Crow, Taylor, Brooks, all gone. All gone. Additionally, marketing VPs, O'Leary, Dizel, gone. And additionally, and probably the capper of them all, in the confines of all of that unrest, off the ice, behind the scenes, in the upper ownership group, if you will. I mean, Malik's the owner, so the group that supports him. It sounds like Donald Trump's the owner. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go on, think, no, don't,
0: don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
1: better not. I better not.
0: <laughs> Joe, we're sticking not going to politics.
1: We're sticking with organizational uh, positions here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> go on. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm staying with you. I'm staying with you. But additionally, uh, in in that time frame, they he lost. He being Eugene Melnick, lost the Le Breton deal. In any any connection to it, any way, shape, or form. As, I mean, not only did he lose it, but him and his former business partner, partner, he sued, he sued his former business partner for uh, for seven eight hundred million. Who then countersued? I think for a billion or something. I don't know. And, and that still not hasn't been settled, by the way. But I mean, it's let's be honest.
0: What is that deal? What I'm not familiar with it. What what's that? All
1: well, that, that that's the. Le Breton Flats is the area in downtown Ottawa where they are going to to finally develop it. It's been it's been essentially, I guess for lack of a better term, you want to call it crown land. So it falls under the um the uh, auspices of a different uh group here in Ottawa that manage that land and make the decisions for that land. It's it's uh and and uh finally after all these years which the Senators came back, right? They got the franchise in 1990. They came back on the ice in 1992. The original owner, Bruce Byerstone, approached that group to have a downtown arena. It's the only logical place. Anybody who does know the city of Ottawa knows that would be... It's essentially where the very, very popular summer um, concert series called Blues Fest is held right down there. Okay. And this is prime, prime, prime land. And it's a big footprint, and they're, and they're going to put up mega complexes, and they're going to have green space as well. It's not, it's not all just brick and mortar. Anyway, the bottom line is, Pauly, is that an arena, and, uh, and obviously the senator hockey team were scheduled to be part of it on the two bids that, that, that competed Mr. Melnick's bid was the bid that was selected to proceed to see if they could actually go ahead, formulate the plan, support it financially, put a shovel in the ground, and and be part of the development with the arena. And he's lost that ability to do that because of, well, I mean, there's no other way to look at it other than he just didn't have the resources to go ahead. And so he turned around and sued the man who was essentially supposed to be his business partner, who was one of the most popular respected, well-known, and well-resourced guy here in Ottawa, Mr. Ruddy. (laughs) And they sued each other. I mean, Ruddy was a countersuit after Melnick's insanity. But that's what we're talking about here. So the dismissal of Mr. Little yesterday. And the interesting thing, Paulie, and why the story is probably number one in the league today is because uh, the dismissal that came from the Senators said it was conduct unbecoming, uh, in Mr. Little's case, but also in relationship to the NHL, so yeah, I saw you know, those notes. Yeah, yeah, did you see that? So, yep. so they they had to run and throw a microphone in front of Gary Batman. you know, because he, they they brought in the NHL in this, and Batman's going, well, well, you know, and and his response, as you probably saw then, if you saw the notes or you saw it on Twitter, was really vague. Like it just threw more fuel on the fire. Yeah, he said, well, it's not really as you see, and it's an eternal thing or an internal thing. <laughs> yeah, well it should be. You're firing your own CEO and all you're invoking that it's some sort of breach of NHL policy, bylaw, what have you. <laughs> next thing you know, you got a microphone in front of the commissioner in the league, and uh the whole thing the whole thing just smacks. And and now, of course, after that, Mr. Little takes to Twitter with an official statement response saying, Look, we had a phone call and I swore at him. Yeah. You know, I apologize right away, but I swore at him and, and and this is why I got dismissed. Well, you got dismissed like Polly. Come on. I yeah. mean, Well, what you do know. you think's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. You got a Megalomaniac going in the team. <laughs> he's the worst owner in the history of professional sports. Liam is he is he
0: is he an Ottawa native or is he an towner? No, no, no he he's f- Toronto. He's a
1: Toronto oh, guy. Wow, there you go. part right, of the problem right, right there. Toronto. But, Toronto but, guy. Toronto. Yeah. We'll, you know. The <laughs> Toronto guy. And and uh he is the worst. So I'll tell you something right now. There's a, there was a guy who was a hell of a defenseman in the National Hockey League back in the day in the 1980s, went on to coach for a number of teams, including the Ottawa Senators. His name is Craig Hartsburg. I'm sure you remember him. Absolutely. He coached here briefly with the Ottawa Senators. i will going to tell you two quick stories, okay? You got him. He coached man. here. He That's coached all we're here, here. for, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What the hell am I talking about? Sipping I'm not on going night. out drinking Enjoying for a couple hours, stuff. though. Let's got me pint ready to go. Let's go. Fire it up. All right. Yeah, it's just you and I at the pub, right? So, Hartsburg, Hartsburg used to tell people after he was dismissed here that Melnick would phone him in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, he would phone him and, and tell him what to do with the power plate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a better one. Here's a better one. So, God, Brian Murray, God rest his soul, was a very dear friend of mine, and I used to pop by the arena every now and then uh, for different reasons, whatever. I, I was going in, I think, to pick up media Checking guides. Kegs, I'm sure. Yeah, well, you know, i to make sure they're locked and loaded for my next appearance, you know what I'm saying, brother? Because <laughs> <Tying laughs> no I don't lines. go anywhere dry, okay? <laughs> I don't go anywhere dry. You better be ready to have some alcohol there, so... You know, that's what I used to do to settle my disputes when I coached minor hockey. I would allow the parents to send one email and one only. If we got the two emails, I said, we're not having an email discussion on this. I'm coming over to your house. Give me a day and a time and make sure you have something for me to drink. And uh, then I would go over and we would sit down like, like adults and talk face to face like you had to do back in the day. Mm-hmm. And we'd have a couple of pints and maybe a whiskey and we'd get up and we'd shake hands every single solitary time that I had to go in 12 years of coaching. And there was only a half dozen or seven or eight at the most, maybe in 12 years that I had to go to somebody's house. And I sorted it out with, with a uh, face to face with a pint and with a handshake. And then when I walked out that door, they understood that I was the coach and they were the parent and just get little Johnny to the rink and I'll take care of the rest. There you go. So, Giddy up. That was the way we sorted it out. Now, in, in I'm in at the rink one day and I'm walking by Brian Murray's office. He's on the phone. I was going to step in, but I saw he was on the phone. So I backed up and he waves me in. So I said, okay, maybe, maybe he's talking to his brother or his nephew, Tim, or, you know, or Terry or somebody from Shawville that I know or whatever. That's the town he's from in the Pontiac region over on the Quebec side, just across from Ottawa there. It's a beautiful, beautiful area. They've got, uh, yeah, they like to go over there too. So, um, I pop in and I sit down in the chair. He's on a speakerphone with, with Eugene Melnick, okay? Okay. So do you remember a German hockey player named Christoph Schubert with, with Ottawa? He played with the Ottawa Senators. He bounced around the pros. He uh, went back overseas when he finished his career. This guy, Paulie, this guy was built like a Greek god, okay? I mean, he was chiseled, chiseled out of stone. But it wasn't stone. It turned out really mostly to be balsa wood. But <laughs> but what happened was, Melnick really wanted him to sign in Ottawa, and Brian Murray didn't want to sign him. I was in the office. I was privy to the whole conversation, the whole wow. thing, and 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 uh, basically, Melnick's, uh, you know, they they were arguing, but it it, it never got like uh, out of control. Arguing, they were arguing, but it was just you know, does a general manager saying to his owner that he thinks this is a hockey mistake, and the owner saying, no, I want him, I'm the owner, I pay the bills, get it done. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially how it went for about gotcha. six or seven minutes. Call in, or the call ends, he hangs up, he says, Brian says, I, 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 got, I got to deal with this all the time, Leo. all the time. <laughs> and I mean, and you just shake your head. Guess what, Polly? Next day, next day, media release, Schubert signs. And like, it was, it was ridiculous money but wow. for the, for the time i believe it was a 3 year deal for several million and uh of course he was a bust and and uh boom you know he went on i think he played you know he kept playing elsewhere and and god love him you know good on him I mean, he played pro hockey got paid made some money made yep. a good contract out of Ottawa's case point is is that this guy makes Harold Ballard look like a choir boy this <laughs> is mean, unbelievable unbelievable now we got to take Mr. Little at his word here. He went on Twitter and said, look, here, here's the way I, I read it. We, we, you know, I got brought in. I'm a strong-willed guy. You saw that. You saw the quote, right? Yep. And, 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 he, and he says, look, I'm I standing stand up for, for what I think the direction we need to go in. And we got into it on the phone. So I'm thinking, <laughs> like, and then, you know, then the sense are saying, but it was, it was, it was a breach. So, somehow LA bring the NHL into this and Little's going, what the hell? I swore at him on the phone. And he, and he gasses me like the whole thing, Polly. Again, here we are again. They're poised to possibly set draft history here. Who knows how it's going to play out? At the at the very least, at the very least, they've got three first round picks. It could be three picks potentially in the lottery. And obviously, if you're down down around. Uh, you know, in that in that thirteen fourteen range, you're not expecting to move up. You know, you got the one or two percent chance. But at the end of the day, you could have three picks in the first 14 14-15 picks. I mean, this is this is this is incredible stuff. So well, where does, you know where where they could be heading? Okay,
0: so do um so Dorian's the GM, right? Pierre
1: Dorian's the GM. His do dad they have was, a, uh,
0: Do they have a president of hockey operations as well?
1: Well, no, this is the thing. They can't get anybody in there to, uh, you know, to stay in any senior position, whether Pierre would report to somebody, whether it's a financial guy, whether it's a direct link from Melnick. Like a lot of the thought process was after Melnick's embarrassing um, outburst during the um, alumni game that was played on Parliament Hill. Uh, by the way, I did the color on TV for that game.
0: <laughs> okay, hear a copy of that. Uh, <laughs> <I> was,
1: <laughs> oh no, this was this was when I I uh, I I I write a little blog every now and then. Uh, I I I don't I'm not paid by anybody to do it. I do it just just because if, I, if somebody asks me fifteen or sixteen times the same question, I say I may as well write my thoughts down. And I wrote some thoughts that I heard some rumors that the Sens were up for sale. And it went sort of mini viral and the Globe and Mail picked it up and Roy McGregor wrote it in the Globe and Mail and he mentioned my name. And next thing you know, I was getting calls from across Canada. And this was all forty-eight hours before this outdoor game. And this was all <laughs> me, right? I write a little blog. I mean when I say little, I mean I post it on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter to and I don't have I'm no Bob McKenzie or Don Cherry in terms of <laughs> followers. I got a few thousand followers in each of my platforms, and you know, this thing got picked up, went across Canada. And, and, uh, next thing I know, I'm getting calls two days later. And, uh, I'm, I'm at parliament Hill on TV and Melnick shows up post game. You probably remember this now. And, uh, and he just had 30 microphones in front of his face, all asking him about this impending sale. I was the one who wrote it. <laughs> I was the guy who wrote it, and it got picked up across the country. And, uh, and it, started, it started a wildfire here. And then he says, Sale, I'm not selling this team. I'm never selling this team. I'm giving it to my daughter. He said, you know what? I'm so sick of these fans. Uh, they, they, they don't support me. They don't support this franchise. I'm going you know, to maybe move this team to Quebec City where somebody cares. And that's really... Wow. At that point was the jumping off point for the for the fan base. That was, you know, they they referenced it from the seventies TV shows, Fonzie jumping the shark and Happy Days. That 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 was the jumping the shark moment for the Ottawa Senator fan base. The overwhelming majority at that time checked out on this guy and um and the team, and it's still reflective in the attendance. Clearly, oh, you don't you know, I mean you don't have to be a Rocket scientists to figure that out, just go online and you'll see they're languishing right well, down how, at the bottom.
0: It seemed like a good crowd for Bob and Ryan the other night. Was was that not a sellout or no, was it,
1: was, uh, no it was uh it was the announced crowd of twelve thousand four hundred. It was probably yeah. probably ten or eleven in the building, but but they were, you know, uh that you, you had the two best moments of the season in the span of seven days. You had Ayers, uh, Zamboni driver beating the Leafs in in Toronto, and then uh, six days later, you got Bobby Ryan coming back from, you know, checking into the NHL substance abuse problem. He's a hundred days away. A hundred days, his first home game gets a hat trick. And you're right. Look, that crowd was very supportive. The people that go, like this, is a passion fan base. It it is. It's like I I think that exists obviously in most in most cities Absolutely, across. Yeah. You take your hardcore fans. Everybody knows what MSG is like. If you've never been, it's an experience unto itself. Everybody knows what Montreal. Nashville's fan base. You look at Vegas, go down the line the last number of years. You go out west, Winnipeg's insane. You know, there's there's some that stand out, right? There's probably six or eight that stand out. I wouldn't put Ottawa in that category, but they'd be in that next layer for sure. And uh, those that were there that night were... I mean, hey, listen. If you can't cheer for Bobby Ryan when he got that empty netter for the hat trick, and and given what he's gone through, and he's been such a whipping boy here too, so it was, you know, because of his contract, he hasn't been able to live up to it. And then, then it's this, and he's gone for like, you know, more than three months, and he comes back, plays two games, gets a gets a trick. It's pretty pretty impressive, and and he's dropped the gloves a couple times. Like he's doing everything he can. You know, it's yeah. not his fault. They threw the money in front of him, and and uh, that was a. You know, that was a knee-jerk reaction. Not a knee-jerk reaction, but that was a that was a planned reaction by the late Brian Murray to try and alleviate the the unbelievable calamity of having to do again, again with Daniel Albertson. That's really where the slide started here, Polly. Yeah. Daniel Albertson, a legacy guy sitting in the office or his agent saying, I want seven million over one year or twelve over two. And Brian Murray had to negotiate with them because he was told to by the owner, because Brian Murray would have given Alfie $7 million for that last year all day. Yeah. Uh, Alfie had taken a haircut in the contract before. He was going to play one more year. He's a legacy guy. He still wasn't going to embarrass you out there. You would have been overpaying him by maybe, maybe $2 million. If you want to say, you want to push it and say three. Okay, so you're going to overpay Daniel Albertson, your legacy guy, Let's go, let's go all in and say by a three million dollar overpay for one year. He earned it. He earned every dime. Instead, you say no and you force his hand and he goes to Detroit. And what does he do there? He leads Detroit in scoring. Yeah. You know? So you know what? That's where it all started. That's where Carlson checked out, and that's where the domino started to fall. And Melnick went, Oh yeah? Oh yeah, you want to get into a pissing contest with me, do you? And and then it just rolled from there. And then you had the outdoor game and uh, the alumni game. And, and it's been now, you know, everything else since then. And here we are again yesterday, right back on the front pages of everything. Uh, the Twitter, all the social media has another CEO, the third one, and the eighth senior member going back four years that has either been dismissed, left on their own, or, or or the contract ended or, or whatever you know uh, one of the, one of the three ways and it's it's it's, it's a joke man it, it's a joke it, it's I, you know I don't either a lot of rumors Polly that the NHL are involved behind the scenes here I well, don't know that to be true well this is but, what I want to
0: ask you if you don't mind so a little yeah, bit of a ahead. timeline here so number one yeah. how long does Melnick own the team now?
1: He's owned the team 17 years. I mean, he came in on a white years. horse, man. He bought the team in the building for $135 million. I believe Forbes has it uh, listed there a year ago, I think around $550. I know for a fact, uh, 100%, categorically beyond a shadow of a doubt, he had an offer on the table for $650 million. I know that 100%. And wow. uh, this this was... This was two years ago and uh, and he di- and he didn't take it now here we are, so hey so he, you know he, what? Here's Eventually- my next but here's
0: my next question what I'm trying to do is trying to figure out why why he would put the NHL in the, in the in that press release the, I'm trying to look at the the, the tie in here because look, I think liam because the next thing is the future right so they're um you know it's an NHL franchise, so it's it's important for them to, to obviously survive for for Canadian hockey, obviously, and then they're, yep. they're an asset for the, the NHL. Uh, you know, the, the salary cap's going up. The CBA is coming up. This is all money, money. Uh, it, it, it's all tied back to money. So I guess my cure – one of my questions is, have you ever seen anything that might see, you know, as far as his connection with Bettman and the CEOs, is, is it any no. different? It doesn't matter. Because the next question would be is the NHL wants stability. Uh, not so much success maybe, but they definitely want stability uh, – in, in their ownership there in the, in their um you know and their franchises so if he's going to have the keys to the candy store here with all these uh, the future of the team and you don't have a uh, president of operations you have uh, administration people leaving so that doesn't look like it's a, it look doesn't look like it's a great place to come to and work to especially on that level and now i think the fan base obviously is, is you got to be incredibly concerned about the future and how they're going to manage that. And I just wonder if the NHL looks at that too, as far as them being a successful franchise there. And the last thing I'll ask is, is there still a small possibility, uh, with the downtown deal going through or not, but of these guys moving? I mean, that's a lot to throw at you, but I'm looking at it from the other side. 17 years, um, you know, a lot of assets gone. Um, They had a brand there for a while. They had a little bit of success. Oh, yeah. And now absolutely. it seems to be kind of flipping here. And this guy is, like I said, he's, you know, even Dolan down here in, in New York, he used to be a, more of a – he's having his own problem with the Knicks here. But as far as the Rangers and hockey operations, the Rangers, he's really been – you haven't heard a peep from this guy, and he's let the hockey guys run the hockey business. And they're yeah. back on track, and there's a bit of a future here, and there's some stability. Um, w- what do you see there with Ottawa, with the, with the big picture of what's going down here recently and the connection with the NHL and obviously the future of the organization?
1: Well, I'll just say very quickly about your Rangers. You make a great point, and if that goaltender doesn't get hurt, and who knows, you guys may still climb in. Uh, when I say you guys, I know you do some stuff. He was uh, in practice uh, today, buddy. He's back on the ice. Is that right? Yeah. George, you have a start
0: tonight, but uh, it like is
1: that is that how you say it?
0: Yeah, Shesterkin. Yeah, you can say Shesterkin or Shesterkin, either one, or as we okay. call him down here, Shesty.
1: Um, Shesty, yeah. But yeah,
0: he was in uh, practice today. Uh, full contact, everything else, for release. He was actually shooting the puck. So you know that with a rib injury he was doing that. So, but anyway, I digress. Point. But well, he's go. he's a
1: he's the best young goalie in the game right now, in my opinion. But anyway, yeah, we digress. Ottawa's case, um, look, uh, just in a nutshell here because we're thirty minutes in and probably you know maybe ten longer than we originally planned. Well, but, I, but I
0: think what we should do, buddy, is probably just stick with this here. And then we'll get to our Irish stuff. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we sneak a couple of things in here. But this is how we do this, buddy. But go on, yeah. man, because I think it's a great subject. And I think, um, you know, for Sens fans and for and for us on the outside that are not really diehard Sens fans. But, again, you just yeah. – you're if you're a fan of the NHL and, you know, you watch the money here and there and all the big things that are going on with the league and expansion coming up here in Seattle and everything else, I think it's important, and especially more than anything – I mean, we've kind of got it made down here in the States with all the, uh, you know, with all the, the states, you know, franchises. And I know up in Canada, it's 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 a tougher game, especially outside of Toronto and uh, Vancouver and Montreal as far as, uh, you know, where the, the Jets stand and where the, and now definitely the Ottawa Senators with all that's going on. You don't really hear this yeah. too much.
1: Go ahead. No, well, you're right. And, and... uh yeah, I know we want to finish with our Irish toast and everything, and we're trying to <clears throat> stay stay to a bit of a clock. But uh, uh, for for one, I don't think he can move the team. Uh, he may want to, he may explore it, but I don't think the Board of Governors. I think they want a team here in Ottawa. It's the capital of Canada. Uh, there there is history here, and as you said, this team itself, this this current franchise, had a hell of a ten year run from '97 to '07. They were one of the best regular season teams in the league, and they had a semifinal trip in '03 and a trip to the finals in '07. And it's really been a I was just talking about this the other day, even almost every night I go out, you know, I'm talking hockey with somebody somewhere and this comes up quite a bit. I mean, I'm here obviously in the Ottawa area, so it's very, very prevalent, but I don't think he can move it, Pauly. I don't think the the board of governors would, would allow it, especially with people here that would like to to purchase it. So I think he would be nixed on that. You know, I really do. I don't know all the bylaws. I got to be honest. I mean, it is his franchise. I don't know if he can take his, his cake and eat it or, you know, take his puck and go home type thing and, and just draw a line in the sand. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, um, you, you know, just, and to your other question, just answer it uh, in, in terms of, I think you raised probably the best point of all in you know, all of this. How or why did they bring in the NHL in, the, in this release on, 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 uh, on Mr. Little's dismissal? I, I don't understand it. You know, I, I, they say they breached some sort of um, protocol, uh, NHL. I don't, I don't understand it and uh that therein lies a question, so you, you, if you saw the interview with Gary Bettman, he looked you know he, he looked there was a look of disdain when he was asked it, so you well, know you what know, you, the, know you know there's a
0: there's a dark side to the ownership here across the board and 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 the well, yeah and everything i mean and I guess that's with every top corporation and everything else, so but you have to feel. There's some some back communication lines here, because you have to believe, you know, Bettman had to approve that, right, for that to be in that statement. So whether he's trying to have, you know, uh, Melnick is having Bettman has Melnick's back here. Whether they think Little is going to what go if he didn't and, approve, and go on some uh, bad PR run, PR run, they're going to make him out to be the bad guy here and just kind of hopefully make sure he goes away.
1: Well, that's the whole thing is just absolutely it's, it's incorrect. I'm just, I'm incredulous at it. I don't, I don't look, I can, I can tell you last night watching that flyer capital game, what I, what I, what I think worked for the flyers and why they won that hockey game. I cannot tell you with any real, and I'm not the right guy to ask anyway, you know, there'd be other guys that cover the team day to day and mainstream media, uh, would probably be better asks of that. But, uh, um, I, I, I follow it pretty closely, but obviously from a distance, as we all do, really. And, you know, you just you digest it all. But I don't think, you, again, I don't think you have to be the world's greatest hockey fan to look at the releases as they came out, the interview with Bettman, the subsequent statement from Mr. Little, Little to know that. And then if you go back to the start of our show here today, and I read you all the names that have been gone from here in the last four years, you know, four or five years, what does that say? So there, there is a common denominator, Polly. It all points back to one man. And I told you some stories. Yeah, they're from years ago. Craig Hartsburg was here a long time ago. Brian Murray, God rest his soul, no longer with us now for a few years. These are stories. Schubert was here. These were years ago. But, you know, the point is, is that that's what you're dealing with here is what everybody refers to as a Latter-day Harold Ballard. And, you know, I mean, where it goes, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I really don't. I don't think he can move it. And I don't know if he's going to be able to stay out of his own way. Has they try to uh, get better competitively on the ice with what could be an unprecedented draft and a nucleus already with guys like Shabbat and to Tuch- uh, If they re up them this July, which I believe they will. Uh, and, uh, and, w- and with a few decent players, it looks like, I mean, that Belleville, team, their American hockey league franchise has had a fantastic season. Not to say that always translates, but they're they've got a lot of kids on the farm too. Not a lot, but two or three anyway that look like could be uh, could be solid NHLers. In any other team, any other organization, we say this is they're going in the right direction. But in Ottawa, you can't say that because you run into a brick wall at the top where you 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 hit that wall and you ricochet off it hard and you have no damn idea where you're gonna end up. And that's what's happening here and we just I'm just I'm just citing you the names that are at the top, Polly. Yeah. There are so many in the infrastructure jobs of this franchise that have either been dismissed or bought out or they've quit. I mean, it's I could tell you other stories too. It's just whatever, but it's it's um. So we're
0: we're, we're we're expected to see Melnick behind the bench here. One of these days. De- well, games I mean, what you're saying. You well, know, Liam, you know say- this this trickles down, right? This there's no way, you know, you talk about the the early 2000s and everything, and 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 you know they had a good run. But so where where they are right now, though, is going to start to trickle down here, right? And that's going to affect, you know. God only knows, hopefully, as a fan base, you cross your fingers that the draft stuff you know, comes in. But, you know, as far as players want to come here, future free agent signings uh, against stability, everything else. It's, it's kind of a flip side of, uh, I have to use the, the New York, uh, you know, example here. Like the Islanders, uh, how they've changed everything, their perception here. And now they're getting a new arena, and they're kind of, they've got stability. And not only are they developing good young prospects here, they've got a solid coaching uh, and uh, hockey operations here, but they're making it enticing for free agents to come and sign here. The New York Rangers are doing that too. They're using their young team. they got a good, good young coach. you got J.D., you got Gorton. Uh, there's direction here. And not only the Rangers are going to definitely benefit from free agent signings, more of them down the road, especially with the cap going up and everything else, uh, now these teams will actually be able to make some uh, – maybe the decisions will be a little easier for them. So, you know, you look at the Ottawa Senators now, and like I said, you could probably, we could sit here and talk for another 45 minutes on, on all the other stuff that you know but I think, unfortunately, for the fan base and for the city and for the future of the, the team here, uh, it's kind of scary. And you you know the only way that that either, the only way that direction is going to be turned around is they've got to make changes. And whether if he's not going to go, he's got to hand it over to somebody else. And that'll be I think that's the most interesting thing to that we'll have to watch here going forward. And maybe that's the NHL connection is to see what happens, whether or not Bettman. And the rest of the GMs look at Melnick here and say, hey, look, you better get your ship straight because, you know, they either can't come in there and, and, you know, uh, fix all the damage or you're not going to be an albatross for what they're trying to do with the league. Because obviously the league every year, Liam, the, 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 you know, the the monetary value value of the franchise just continues to go up. The players are making more money. The fans are still coming out. Now, if if they're not coming out in Ottawa and then, you know, uh, against the uh, Canadian dollar and everything else, how that, you know, uh, relates to what's going on down here in the States, I think that'll be the thing to watch out, whether this becomes an even bigger issue than him just letting certain guys go. It's it's the full, you know, the next five, ten years of this franchise and how they relate to the other Canadian franchise and and how Larry Melnick and the Ottawa Senators – you know, fit in with the rest of the NHL model.
1: Eugene. Yeah, Eugene Melnick. You were thinking of the old uh, hockey player, Larry Melnick. I said Larry, didn't I? (laughs) See? I got
0: Larry Melnick because the Ranger thing and and the – yeah, it's crazy. Sorry, man. Hold on. Yeah, no, it's all good. All good. Another sip from my pint. Hold on. There you go. (laughs) Eugene Melnick. Larry Melnick. (laughs) He's a good man. Leave all Larry alone now. (laughs) I wasn't talking about him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? It uh, it was a hell of obviously it was um a shocking story as it broke um, and uh, it and it's still uh, very topical at least here today and I and I guess somewhat to a degree and you know we just we just spent a lot of time talking about it here and and uh, you know I guess we could have done some other things but you know it it um it's a pretty big story and I think at the end of the day it's just going to have the same result. I I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't know what the tie in is with the NHL why it was brought in. Uh, Batman didn't look happy having to answer it. I don't think at the end of the day there'll be any repercussions in so much as that there'll be something done that will affect either the ownership of the team or, the, or, or any place else the team could or could not go. And at the, it just continues to be a gong show off the ice as they continue to head, as I've said now several times, to potentially an unprecedented draft and as they hope to try and maybe turn this thing around and get backed up to respectability. I mean, they've been on a downward slide since '07. And then they had that, you know, they, they had a, a, a smoke-and-mirror playoff run in 2017 that sadly that camouflaged a lot of the warts. And, and people bought into that saying, we are that close to being back to, the, to a Stanley Cup Finals, whereas they were not. You know, they absolutely were not. Lundqvist absolutely shit the bed against them in the, in the second round. Yep. And they beat the Bruins in the first round, who were decimated by injuries. And nobody cared. All they saw was Ottawa winning, and and then they and then they played fantastic against the Penguins, and they were full measure. And the aforementioned Bobby Ryan played the best hockey of his life. How's did Eric Carlson, who made arguably the greatest pass in NHL history to his uh, to his buddy Mike Hoffman, <laughs> and um, you know, and and uh, and there and there you go. And the puppy goes to double. Oh my God, that story overtime oh, game seven, and and they lose they lose on a. So a Kunitz that was deflected on top of that. But anyways, it, you know what? It's um, it, it's a shit show, man. It is. There's no other way to put it. That's what it's been here. And the common denominator is the owner. And where it stops, nobody knows, man. You may as well just grab that roulette wheel and you just spin the hell out of it. And uh, you could be on the Price is Right right now and you're springing that big wheel, spinning her, and you don't know where it's going to end up. You have no idea. And I don't. Uh, other than, I don't believe he can move the team. He can huff and puff and want to blow that building down. I'm sure he does. He would, <laughs> he'd love to have a shovel in Le Breton right now. He wanted it the, there yesterday, last year, two years ago. He should have. Had it been anybody else that was the owner but him, that was in as, as a solid owner, I, I think they would have been able to sort out LeBreton. If you can't get into bed professionally with Mister Ruddy, <laughs> who's arguably the most respected businessman within 200 square miles of Parliament Hill, given everything that they have done in this city from a construction point of view, a business point of view and a respect point of view, and you can't get that going. Then, uh, then, then that's, that's the, my layman's opinion of that would be that's on you. So we'll see buddy where it all plays out. We've got the end of the regular season to go here and some fantastic playoff races and, and then we're into eight weeks of sheer insanity, uh, known as the NHL playoffs. But uh, there you go, my friend. I think I think we beat the death out of it, and uh, yeah, it's all good.
0: And if yeah. anything, you know, the alcohol sales in Ottawa continue to uh, maintain <laughs> and increase. Or uh... <laughs> I do my part, Paulie. I know you do, my friend. I know you do. <laughs> All right, look, good takes on the whole thing. Hey, let's try and just get a couple of quick things in here that we. I just want to get your take on uh, that you want to talk about too, real quick on the um, on Julian being extended here and coming back with Montreal. Good thing,
1: yeah. Uh, so I don't like it. I I I don't like it, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm just to uh, give you a two minute answer on this. That's it. Uh, I'm writing, so I'm gonna you know follow the Habs pretty closely. They're my team, right? And I don't like it, and I have a serious problem. I'm 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 preparing. Um, a blog on it, I guess, for lack of a better term. I'm gonna once the habs are officially eliminated, I'll post it. I've got the guts of it sort of good to go. I just amend it day to day as they go along here, but shortly enough, soon enough, they'll be officially eliminated. When they are, I'll write it. But you know what? I'll say it right here, Paulie. Here, here's the way it is. And you, if you need a better example, look at the teams that have just won the Stanley Cup: St. Louis Blues, Washington Capitals, Pittsburgh back to back, Chicago, L. A. Chicago, L.A., Mm -hmm. Boston, Chicago. That takes you back to 2010. Now, you look at their managerial groups and their coaching staffs and how long they were in place. And then now, in the last 10 years, those that have moved on since they've won those Stanley Cups. For example, a guy like a Joel Quenville who won three Stanley Cups as a head coach in Chicago, all of a sudden he can't coach? But he wins three Cups and you're moving him? But no, let's keep everybody in place on a franchise that's going to miss the playoffs for the fourth time in five years. Oh, no, you guys are doing great. That's fantastic. Ah, oh, man, maybe we'll shoot your raise. I don't know. We got the next round at the Club Super Sacks, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. I do not believe. And I, listen. This is nothing personal. I think Claude Julian is a fantastic man. I've had the pleasure of meeting him a few times. Uh, that coaching staff, I think, are sound. But at the end of the day, the way I see it, Polly, you're running an NHL team. You've got, you're, you've got to shoot the moon. You go down to the bottom or as close to the bottom as you can bet. You, try, you've, you take your three- to four-year window to build through the draft. You sign some free agents. You make some trades. You get your your four or five key components to the best of your ability as a general manager, you hire who you think is the best bench boss you can get and you take your shot. You blow your load, man. You max out your cap. You don't you you absolutely put your your head in the noose on your players acquisitions, whether it be draft, free agency or trade. And you roll the dice and you take your shot. And that's the way the ownerships should be looking at it as well. You have got that five or six-year window. And that's what these teams are doing. You look at those ownership groups, they're moving coaches or they're moving managers, and they're saying, We took our shot. And I just gave you the examples of the teams that won. Yeah. Those are the teams that won the Stanley Cup. So you in 2020, Polly, you cannot stand pat. You can't. You absolutely have to take your shot. And if you don't get it, you do not have the luxury of being in the 1970s anymore or the 1980s with with uh, Bill Torrey and Al Arbor or or the late 1980s with with uh, uh, Glenn Sather and Ted Green and John Muckler and that trifecta. You do not have the luxury of that era. It's a different era. And you've got to move, baby. You've got to make your moves, take your shot, and if you don't get it, you're out of dodge. And I don't think this is the right answer for the Canadians organization to have both Mark Bergevin. By the way, the Habs have no uh, president of hockey ops or anybody that Mark answers to. He goes right to Jeff Molson. Wow. Now, now, I believe when Washington won the Cup two years ago... I don't think Brian McClellan answered to anybody either. If I'm not mistaken, I think Dick Patrick had already left. If I'm not mistaken, I could stand corrected on that, okay. but I believe I believe Dick Patrick had already left, and I think Brian McClellan just went right to uh, right to the owner, the Caps owner, I believe. So I'm not saying that that that's a blue book that you go to subsection four, paragraph two, and that's the way it's got to be. <laughs> but in my opinion, in my opinion, as a, as an astute Follower of the NHL today and a guy who watches as much or more hockey than anybody. I believe that you have to take your shot. You've got that. I I, I think a five to seven year window is absolutely plenty. This will be the conclusion of year eight for Mark Bergevin. He's going into year nine next year. They're going to miss the playoffs four times in five years. Not acceptable, not acceptable. And, and, uh, of course, you know, you're screwed in Montreal because you have to speak French and, <laughs> and you know, you're never going to get, you're never going to get maybe somebody who you really, really want. It's like whoever pick, whoever you think is the best coach in the NHL right now, you know, whoever it is, if, 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 if he can't speak French and uh, if he can't recite uh, uh, Bill 101 in French, then uh, he's screwed, you know, he's never going to get in and uh, it's a shame. Anyway, another story. But uh, that's how I see it, man. That's how I see it. That's just, just the Habs' case. But I'll tell you right now, we'll get into that more down the road, and I'll give people names when we uh, do an- another show down the road when the season, when the regular season's winding down and Montreal's out. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I mean. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. No, you you, you lay it out
0: pretty well, man. It's it's and it's it's very uh, look the Habs. It's just weird how they're just not relevant as far as I'm concerned. You know, uh, again, I can tell you from the perspective of being down here in, in the South, and it's very, very yeah. weird. I mean, look, even the Rangers are beating them now.
1: <laughs> we never well, yeah, used to blue. be able
0: to come in and beaches in your own house, let alone no. with a lead. <laughs>
1: No, well, yeah, let alone with a four nothing so lead. If that's
0: not the sign, Liam, I don't know what is. You know? Well,
1: the apocalypse was upon them then for sure, and I, and I know there's been some other teams, right? That have and we just talked that we talked earlier about the Pittsburgh Penguins losing six straight in regulation with Crosby oh. and Malkin. So some things have happened in the game, but you know you can't look at uh, look over your brother's shoulder and say, oh, well, he did it; it's okay." You know, look looking you take care of business in your own barn, and they haven't done that. And to me. Uh, I, I hate to go back and just point to one moment, but to me, this was it. When they lost Radulov, Mark Bergevin came in at the 11th hour and 59th minute and tried to sign Radulov after he already had a verbal agreement with Dallas and, and tried to match the 18 over three and, and was willing to do so. And he had the money in the cap. He just played hardball with him and thought, oh, yeah, you know what? Where's the loyalty? I, we brought you over for, you know, no one else gave you a shot. And we brought you over. Where's the loyalty? Well, are you kidding me? When, when, you show me a Russian uh, other than Ovechkin who's showing loyalty. And, you know, I'll, I'll quit drinking X and start drinking La Bad Blue. Uh, it, it's, it's, um, it's, I mean, you can count them on one hand minus a couple fingers. Maybe, you know, there's a couple guys maybe in Detroit in the 90s. I mean, I'm talking about a small number of the several hundred that have played in the NHL. Most of them can only care about as fast they can race to get their paycheck. And, and uh, I, I, to, to, to me, Radulov... It does. It's not about the loyalty. All you had to do was realize what he brought to the table, and was it an overpayment? I don't know. He still Dallas looks pretty good, man. Like you know, I wouldn't want to play them in the first round if you get if you happen to get them. I mean, it's you know, I mean, they, he's play he's he's played all right. I mean, is he worth the six? Maybe not. But if you think you're going to get a cup winning team without having to overpay a player or two, you're sadly mistaken. You are. You're sadly mistaken. And if you haven't overpaid them in year one, you're gonna definitely have to overpay somebody in year two of the operation. And 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 I think in Montreal's case, as you said, boy, that's a really good way to put it. They're not relevant. This is late nineties habs. That's to me what they are. And yet they've got they've got three or four very attractive pieces. They really didn't in the late nineties. And and uh they do right now, but it's it's not enough. There's no depth, they haven't got the consistency out of carry price. Uh, again, the power play useless, absolutely dreadful, useless, and uh, and 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 you've got so many on ice issues, and it's brought upon by the fact that they're stagnant off the ice. In my opinion, I, I don't think there's a, a there, there's no fire there, man. There's no. no fire there. You need you you need a John Tortorella. I mean, uh, not him specifically, but you need that type of guy. And uh, I'm not talking about Mario Tremblay because he, that was an aberration, you know, 25 years ago, and we all know why that happened. But you need somebody else. Hey, Bruce Boudreau
0: is back available again.
1: Yeah, again. <laughs> if if he can even say bonjour, I I would be shocked. I would, I would be shocked. I-, I can't, I can't imagine a more Anglo guy <laughs> in the history, <laughs> in the history of game of hockey. Now, maybe I'm totally wrong. You know, maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe, maybe somewhere in his line, he took Berlitz French not or something. a chance in hell. <laughs> Could you imagine
0: a press conference? <laughs>
1: I can't imagine he can barely speak English. <laughs> Excuse me, could you read the question
0: again?
1: But I was speaking, I was
0: speaking English.
1: <laughs> he's such a good guy. I met him a couple times. I've interviewed him, and uh, and his daughter works here in Ottawa. She's a fantastic young lady, and uh, and he's such a good guy. And and that dismissal kind of surprised me too this year, you know. And 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 he just he wears his heart on his sleeve. But you need, you know, I don't know.
0: He puts him I, back too, buddy. He's got, he's oh, got yeah. that
1: professional drinking face, buddy. Oh, yeah, well, Woo-hoo! he's a product of the '70s. If you're a product of the <laughs> '70s, you, you're a guy who came up uh, very accustomed to handling a couple of pints. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're involved in hockey, it went second hand, right? I mean, it was boom. Oh, yeah. oh, you know, it was, it was it was it was the best, man. When we played when we played midnight hockey, in Mantic in the late '70s, next goal wins, which we said about 39 times. Then by the time we retired to the dressing room, you know, it was always three or four 24s in there. And you know you drill them all back. It was just the greatest. We played on Friday nights at midnight. I mean, we all played league, and that was just something we did as friends. And boy, you want to talk? Some of the most fun of my life, man. Absolute most fun of my life. Half of us out there with no buckets on, running each other, and uh, and a lot of good hockey players too. A lot of good guy, a lot of guys who could really play. And it was so much fun. So you're right. That's just a product of that era. And Bruce Boudreau's from that era, that's for sure. But anyway, buddy, that's how I see it with. Uh, With the Habs, I I, I just think um, when it's official here. And now we know they're back. So they're coming back. We'll see what happens in the lottery. We'll see where they end up picking. They got Caulfield coming. They got Romanoff coming. Don't know if they'll both play next year or not. They've got, you know, Charlie Hudon finally scored again. His first goal in four or five months. I guess that's reason enough for a parade. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I, 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 I I just don't know. I don't know. They're not. I love them. I always will. I'm not gonna be. I read something online, made my you know, some guy wrote a blog that he was a Habs fan. He wasn't a seventies Habs fan, so he's next generation down. They win the cup in eighty six, they go to the semis in eighty-seven, they go to the finals in eighty nine, lose to Calgary. They they uh they they run into the Bruins, finally have their number in the early nineties, they turn around, and win a cup in ninety-three. So he's he grew up then. So he's a product of a pretty good team that was sort of a carry over like uh, albeit on a, a poor man's version of it of, of the 70s domination and he's saying no you know i don't know whether i should have my son as a half fan i'm embarrassed this and that are you kidding me <laughs> are you kidding me right now grow a pair you gutless wonder <laughs> what a piece of shit comment to make like and you're gonna write that on a blog if you're a fan you go to the mat for your team you absolutely go to the mat. And if you're out somewhere and you're watching publicly and they're taking it on the chin, well, then you got to take it too. And you got to eat it. And you order another pint and you drown your sorrows. But if they start cutting the hell out of the squad or whatever, well, then uh, I think you're going to say, pardon? <laughs> and, uh, and maybe uh, you do a little dance, you know, because you're back in your team. You don't write some tripe like that. What a gutless thing to write. <laughs> I don't know if I could have poor little Johnny support my team. You know, they're so terrible. Oh, uh, my God. What a gutless thing to write. Anyways.
0: Well, we? buddy, I tell you what, man. Between the Habs, the Sens,
1: and if the Leafs don't get in the playoffs –
0: Buffalo's not no, going to do it. anything. They're I
1: locked mean, and loaded because Florida I, can't win a game to save their lives. They're going to lose again tonight. <laughs> but all saying, they, all, if they all don't. have to do, Pauly, is just avoid a losing streak. That's all they got to do. They got L.A. tonight at 1030. I'll be watching. Uh, they may, even if they don't win, I bet they get, they'll at least get a point tonight, guaranteed. They're laughing anyway. Florida can't win squat. Everybody else is 9 billion points back in, in the Atlantic. And they got No worries. They're gonna cruise in. They gotta keep stay healthy. They got Tampa first round in Tampa, and it should be a hell of a series because no Steve Stamkos, and they're gonna give the Leafs uh, the the Toronto's gonna give Tampa all they can handle come playoff time. Riley will be back. Mark my words, man. They're gonna be a tough out by Tampa, and then they got the Bruins second round, and the dream will die. But you know, <laughs> it's it's um, they're gonna make the playoffs. They're they're all right. they're in. They're in. They're guaranteed. I I wasn't
0: wasn't sure what you guys are going to be able to do this spring.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, the Leafs are in, but I mean, you know, let's put it this way. We'll start on the golf course, but when we hit the 10th hole, we'll just wait. And a couple groups later, they'll be coming along. Oh man, You know, but, but, uh, yeah, I don't see, uh, I don't know. From a Canadian city perspective right now, I think we're hanging on our, our hat on the Edmonton Oilers. That's, uh, you know, I mean, they, they're having their best year ever since McDavid started. And, uh, um, even better than when they went to the playoffs a, a few years ago. Obviously, Drysital he's going to win the Heart Trophy this year, and he deserves it. And um, and he's got Connor on the team, and he's going to win the Heart. It's unbelievable.
0: Panarin's going to win that Heart Trophy, buddy.
1: No, he's not. No, but he's going to get he's going to get <laughs> a lot of votes. He's going to be in the final three. He should be. But I, I think Seidel will win the heart, and I think the reason he won it is when McDavid was hurt and the way Seidel played during that absence and their and the team's record that it probably cemented it right there. He's going to win the Art Ross too, so he's going to win the Art Ross. And Connor was hurt. The points per game is is I think it's they're off by two, two one-hundredths of a difference. So you know if Connor plays, he probably maybe he, he edges him out possibly for the Art Ross, and maybe then Seidel is not in the heart discussion. But you know if you're If your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle, right? So (laughs) it's it's just the way it is. Oh, man.
0: See, now you've officially, officially made us an explicit show. (laughs) (laughs) The changes now. In, in the iTunes library now. We have to put uh, the black well, label nah. on the show.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just put a little, little something in to warn the 10-year-olds or something. It's probably Buddy's son anyway, you know, who he's trying to figure out who to cheer for. So you don't have to worry oh, about man. his son here in that language because he's probably not even going to be a hockey fan. He's probably wondering, um, maybe, <laughs> Dad, what time is Babington on? When's When's that championship? Because, yeah, let's watch that. Oh, man, too whatever. funny. All right, yeah, brother. Frick. Look,
0: we're fired through this show, as we always do. We're going to have to – it'll be a three-hour show one of these days, or we'll have to do at least four shows a week to get everything that we want to get in. But, look, <laughs> we we have to do the Irish thing before we go. Do you have a few minutes to do this or what?
1: Yeah, I do, man. Let's do it.
0: All right. So let's set this up. Now, me and you, our favorite uh, Irish movie is obviously The Quiet Man with uh, yeah. the late John Wayne. So, look, I'm not going to say anymore. You set this up and tell me when to fire it, okay? Go.
1: All right. So – so there's been a lot of movies. So Polly and I have decided, if you're listening to the show for the first time, if you made it this far, thank you. <laughs> we <laughs> rambled on today. But that's me. My fault. Anyway, we, we're doing a toast. and uh, We intentionally, right now, are doing it for the month of March to celebrate St. Patrick's Day and month. As I like to celebrate all 30 days in March. How many are there in March? 31? 31. There's 31 in March because Gordy Howell's birthday is March 31st. So there there's 31 days in March. We're celebrating every day, at least I do, St. Patrick's Month. And my theme today is The Quiet Man. It's the greatest movie ever filmed in Ireland. It was filmed, I believe, in 51, released in 52, directed by John Ford, starring John Wayne, the Duke, and Maureen O'Hara in, uh, uh, they, I don't know how many on-screen appearances they had. But anyway, so there's about... 50 fantastic scenes in this movie. It's a timeless classic. It won several Academy Awards. It was filmed in and around the town of Kong, C-O-N-G, which is about 20 minutes outside of Galway, I believe, 20, 25 minutes outside of Galway. It's a beautiful drive, and you drive sort of around a corner over a little sort of mountain and a hill. You come around a corner, and you drive into this village, Polly and and it's exactly like it was in the movie they haven't changed a thing and you've got Cohan's pub and and the center of town where where Danaher was there as he was unloading the 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 livestock and getting the money and she wanted her dowry but prior to all that there's a scene in Cohan's pub where the duke is in there and and he plays a character named Sean Thornton who's come back to reclaim his land. He was a prize fighter in the United States of America, baby. And he (laughs) killed a man in the ring and he comes back home to retire and to reclaim the family land. And he's in the pub when Will Danaher played by Victor McLaughlin, McLaughlin, who was a former prize fighter, by the way, he was a boxer 20 years before that he was in the ring. He fought big man himself in the pub. And they have words where he accuses John Wayne of maybe some impropriety at church that morning. Why don't you play it, Polly? We'll have a little listen. You got it. Why, this very morning, let him deny it if he can.
0: At the back of the chapel, he took liberties that he shouldn't have. I said good morning to her. Good morning? Yes, but it was good night you had on your mind. That's a lie. That's a what? I said that's a lie. That's the word I take from no man. Put up your fists. I'm not gonna fight you, Dan. But I'm gonna fight you. Then.
1: <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> Shut her. Shut her. Shut her. What's the matter with you? Oh, he's drunk. Hey, Feeney. Feeney, take him home, Pope, will ya? Come, Squire. Don't soil your knuckles on the man. Hey, all right. Come on, Danner. What do <laughs> you <laughs> say?
0: Never. You take the man's hand or I'll read your name in the Mass on Sunday. <laughs> oh, take it, Squire. Take it, take it. Take it. All right, I'll join the Church of Ireland first. <laughs> As if they'd have you. Now go on and take his hand. Shake hands with him like I tell you. Come on, come on. Shake <laughs> Shake hands. <laughs>
1: Isn't that great? <laughs> well, of course, the people can't see it, but if you've seen the movie, you know what's going on there. So they shake hands and they have this Titanic handshake, and then uh, and then little squire, little squire uh, uh, Feeney there gets gets the, gets the big squire Will Danaher out of the pub, and and then the other gentlemen who are in the pub say, "Introduce me to this peace, love, and quiet man of yours," and 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 Barry Fitzgerald who plays Mickalene O'Flynn. Oh, there's...
0: That's an Irish name now, indeed. Oh, listen, (laughs) let me
1: tell you right now, this thing is just dripping, dripping with fantastic, fantastic dialogue. It is so well written. I strongly recommend it. If you've never seen this movie and you have a shred, a shred of Irish in your blood, for God's sake, at some point during St. Patrick's Month... Find it somehow somewhere online. Get it. I don't know if it's on Netflix or not, but get it, watch it, sit down, have a couple of favorite beverages, maybe be with some people that will, you know, that would enjoy the Irish connection with you. It's filmed in and around Kong. Yeah, they filmed some of the scenes on a movie set in LA as well. But Polly, I was there in ninety-four, man. I was in that village. And I went in Cohans, and, and and it's a tourist. Place Now, right. They understand the the draw and they get it. And I went in there. Now, that's a long time ago. That's 26 years ago. And I went up to the lady behind the counter and and as they would get every day. And there was three or four other people in there and I was waiting my turn and they just were just sort of blustering around and everything. And I said, by chance, is there anybody still alive in the village who was an extra in the movie? And she says, as a matter of fact, my father. I said, you're kidding. And I saw he's here. He's in, he's in the back. I said, could I talk to him? And and she said, sure. So he comes out, older man at this point, kind of hunched over, comes out. He's got the old hat on, walks up to me, gives me a great handshake. And and he says, uh, you know, you're the one asking about the movie. And I said, yes, I am. And now the other people are all in there. They're gathered around me as I'm asking this guy about the movie. And he says, do you remember the fight scene? I said, remember it. I could quote every line in it. And, and he says, do you remember when uh, after they're fighting and they go into the great big bale of hay and, and somebody has to, a guy stands up and says, Marcus of Queensbury rules only. And I said, of course, I remember that line. He said, that was me. Wow. So you got to be kidding me. Wow, And he said, no, sir, that was me. And you know what he did, Polly? He went what? to the back and he came out and he had it was a photocopy, but still, he didn't have an abundance of them. And he gave me a photocopy of the playbill as it came out to promote the movie in 1952. In 1952. It was wow. yellow, yellow parchment, yellow uh, background paper with all the headlines on it and everything of the movie and a couple images. And I'll tell you what, I was on my hunt and, uh, and, and I had my cousin, listen to this name, Fanula Nakulin. <laughs> she is from the Aran Islands. You want to talk. You're just making that one up, aren't you? No, I'm telling you right now, Polly, <laughs> we set a record. We set a record in the Aran Islands in 1989. Me and my brother, Mike, and my brother, Sean, and my five cousin McGuire cousins from Dublin, there were eight of us, and we went in there, and at the little pubs called Ed's on Innish Year, at last call, I said to the barkeeper, how many pints have you got in that fridge? And he said, what do you mean? I said, count them. And he counted them. There was 64, and we bought them all. <laughs> Professionals. <laughs> that's <crazy>. great. <laughs> 64 pints at last call. <laughs> <laughs> Eight Maguires. Uh, Eight Maguires, 1989, in this year. Uh, that's amazing. The stories I could tell, but I'm what working a night up with their. must have
0: been. Paulie,
1: so, I'm going to toast. I don't know if you want to go along with this one or I'm with one you, year. man. Do this together. Go ahead, man. Stand by. Let me just get this here. Here we go. There. All right. I got my whiskey. And I want to toast the greatest movie ever filmed on Irish soil, starring one of the greatest actors in the history of the world, John Wayne, The Quiet Man, 1952. Here we go. Bravo. Get it in (laughs) you. Woo! After last night, I'll tell you, that's kickstarting the engine pretty good. I'm saying you're ready to go now. Another shift. (laughs) Yes, sir. Buckle up the chin strap, kids. Pay the babysitter. Daddy's going out.
0: Oh, man. That is great stuff, buddy. Well, i tell you what, man. Watching that scene, there's an old man in the corner. He's got the cap on and the beard, and he's up against the pole, and he's laughing his ass off. Yeah. And it's absolutely hysterical. And just even the line by the priest there—if you don't get your act together, I'll,
1: yeah. I'll read your name in tomorrow's yeah. mass. He says, "I'll join the Church of Ireland," as if they'd have you. <laughs> oh, man.
0: what a great way to wrap this show up, buddy! I can't—I'm going to watch it again re- this first St. Paddy's Day. I mean, it brings back Me so too. many memories. Ah, oh. Me it's fantastic. Good stuff, buddy, man. As always, right, another Pop. short show—sticks <laughs> and taps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Liam. Say good day to the folks. All right, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Get it. All right. Cheers, everybody. Slanta. Thanks so much for listening. Sticks and taps. Tell the world. Go on.